When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What is up? Football fans, I'm Danny Austin. This is the Live from the 55 podcast recording here in our Marta Loop, Calgary, Alberta studios, the Nation Network. Happy to be here. Um, it was a Sunday morning. Got Ian Busby from City TV uh, popping in. My pal and yours to talk about a weekend in the CFL that sort of clarified some things, I would say. Uh, obviously, the Bombers were sitting out, so that that race at the top of the west between the lions and bombers grew ever closer with the lions beating the edmonton elks 37 29 in a game that hey man these elks they fight you like it um they're not gonna make the playoffs but i do like the way that that team plays football trey ford what a player but this being a calgary-based podcast uh, i was at mcmahon stadium yesterday to see the stampeders fall 28 11 in a game that sort of felt like we and of of sort of talking about the Stampeders as a real playoff contender. It's not over. There's a path. Um, but they're just not winning games. And, you know, they they could technically beat Hamilton and, and the Riders could lose. And all of a sudden, the Stamps beat the, the Riders in a head-to-head. And, and, and we're looking at the Stamps having a, a real good shot at making the playoffs. So I'm not saying it's not there. But it was just such a roller coaster of emotions if you're a Stamps fan this weekend. You know, we can start Friday night. The Ottawa Red Blacks sort of shocked the CFL world with the 36-28 win over Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I don't know if that, that was that much of a shock. The Riders have not been particularly good lately. Um, but it opened up the door. And if you were here in Calgary, you're looking at it and saying, all right, beat the Alouettes, and it's there. The Riders are struggling right now. There's no, there's no denying that after their sort of Labor Day or – day before Labor Day win over the Bombers. They got crushed the next week. They've now lost three in a row. Okay, they're not going anywhere. If you can, Stamps have, at the time, five games left, win win four of them and maybe even three of them, and, and, and you got a good shot. And then they go out, and they lose 28-11. And I've, I've covered a lot of Stampeders games. I, I started covering this team in, in 2016. Obviously, the Grey Cup losses in 16 and 17. You know, we're, we're devastating low points. I'm not comparing this to that. But it just sort of felt this is, you know, there was, there was an energy post-game that just felt defeated. And they were defeated. So, you know, maybe that's just natural. But um, they didn't look like a winning football team out there. And that's, I think there's a lot of talent on this team. I think there's a lot of great guys on this team, but it has not come together 
this season. That's there's no denying that. And um, you know, I, I sort of wrote in my story for for the Sun and the Herald here in Calgary that like, I mean, it doesn't matter if there's a path if you're not winning games. You you, you have to win games. And uh, there were two interceptions in sort of key moments: one on the opening drive, and then one after Nick Stats made a really great uh, interception at the start of the second half. The Stamps get the ball, they march downfield, and and they throw a, a pick in the end zone. And, uh, you know, it points from those two drives. Who knows what's happening? But instead, um, it's sort of interceptions. And, yeah, it just sort of – we're gonna we're really going to get into this with Busby, so I don't want to spend too much time on it. But, you know, if you're a Sam's fan, I get it. You're frustrated. Um, they're not making the playoffs. I, I, I do think some of the anger is a little bit over overblown. This team has been very good for very long, and the reality is in the CFL there are three teams that miss the playoffs every year. It looks like this year that's going to be one of the stamps are going to be one of them. But I don't know that. I don't know that this involves blowing it up in the off season. Uh, I have no idea what the plans are. Um, I, I I I think you're going to see some changes. Um, I think that they're going to need to bring. They're going to need to bring players in who who have a little of CFL experience winning games um and i don't know something's missing right now it's hard when you have 17 game players on the six game injured list that's that's a lot of talent that's just missing um and no one wants me to make excuses but we're, we're trying to find explanations here and i do think that those 17 players matter um and they're big players james vodders malik henry you know it's Peyton Logan was, you know, had a great start to the year. Important player. I, I just, I don't know. Something's not, something's not clicking right now. And I don't honestly, I just feel like it's a level where you just got to get the season over with. Um, there's been too many mistakes, too many difficult moments, a lot of frustration. And I, I, I have trouble seeing it turning around, um, you know, obviously, I like a lot of people on that team and in that locker room and a lot of the coaching staff. So I'm not going to come here and just, you know, start saying fire this guy or that guy. You know, I've had some people say, Oh, is, is Dickinson, um, is it too much for him to be GM head coach? I don't, I don't think so. Um, just surprise me if they sort of switch some roles around a little bit in the off season. No, of course not. But, um, I don't know. I, there's, it's not Dave's fault that Reggie Bagleton fumbled the ball late in the game. It's not like those picks aren't on him. Um, that's that. I will say, and I want to spend a minute on this. I imagine on, on Wednesday, I'm going to try to figure out a way to go a little bit deeper on it, but I can't not talk about Sean Lemon. Um, I tweeted about it. People, people seem to like that tweet, but Sean Lemon, former Stampeder, you know, four defensive tackles, two sacks, one interception. Those two sacks bring his numbers to 99. He has 99 sacks in his career. It's a very short list of players who have gotten to 100 sacks in CFL history. And I just think, in part because he's moved around so much and, and has played for different teams, you know, it's not one fan base that that celebrates him and, and really, you know, lifts lifts him up and, and, you know, helps his reputation in that way. But... This guy, we need to spend the whole week. He is probably going to get to 100 sacks. That is a huge accomplishment, and this needs to be the story of the week. Well, to be fair, Winnipeg and Toronto are playing, so that is probably going to be the story of the week, but there's got to be a way to celebrate 
Sean Lemon and really give him his due because that's a huge accomplishment. It's a huge milestone. Um, I, I, he was incredible. And to, to think that, you know, he was released by the lions. And my understanding is that that was largely a, a ratio thing. Um, but he was released by the lions in training camp and then didn't play until week eight Had to wait for a contract. This guy was the West division, most outstanding defensive player last year. No, I, I think I voted for him for most outstanding defensive player for the whole league. Uh, obviously, he didn't win it. But, you know, this is a guy who did that last year, and he just seems so criminally undervalued. And, you know, that pick at the beginning of the game was, was huge. Sucked the life out of out of the Stampeders, who, who had had a nice opening drive. And then, you know, he had a huge sack late in the game. This guy comes up in big moments with big plays. And... You know, it must. I'm sure he wanted to get to 100 against Calgary. You know, that's where he spent the the most time. I don't actually have that in front of me. I don't know that for sure, but it sure feels like he spent the most time um, in Calgary. I'm sure he would have loved to do it. They didn't resign him last year, um, and I don't know the details there. I don't know if they made him a contract offer or, or anything like that. But you know, this is one of the true stars of our league, and this is a guy who. I think for some reason, you know, before he came to Calgary for the second time, he signed at the end of camp in 2021 after being released by the Elks. Uh, the Sams desperately needed a defensive end. He came in and just did what he did, which is just sort of pick up sacks. And I think I even had this idea of Sean Lemon as being a bad egg or, you know, Sean Lemon's only looking out for Sean Lemon. I I think I'd, that I'd heard that. And I have talked about this a little bit on the podcast before. It's just so blatantly untrue. And this is just a guy who deserves, you know, the respect of, of fans, of media. I know he has the respect of his fellow players. You talk to any of his former teammates and they all love him. You know, the fact that he's bounced around and looked for the best opportunity for himself. That's what I would do if I was an athlete. I'll be perfectly honest with you about that. Um, and I think the fact that he's come back to teams is is a real indication of of who he is in the, in the locker room. And I just think he's an incredible player. And it he reminded us last night if you were in calgary uh you know him leaving i know a lot of people didn't love um but he's with the montreal Alouettes and, and they've got a heck of a player there and getting to 100 sacks is something i've got to figure it out you know i'm not gonna be able to hear from calgary while covering the flames and doing a little bit of st peter's i'm probably not gonna be able to write a big story on the amazingness of sean lemon but i hope that tsn i hope that obviously cfl.ca i know in Montreal, um, you know, my colleague Herb Zerkowski, I know Didier, I know all those guys are going to do their best to make sure that, you know, this accomplishment gets celebrated. It's something that other leagues do such a great job about, but, you know, it should be on everybody's radar. A hundred sacks is, is a really, really big deal. And, you know, this guy goes out, just does it week in and week out. And, and again, those, he had some big plays. Those weren't just, oh, you know, end the game when it, it was out of, out of reach for the Stampede or Sean Lemon was picking up stats or something. No, they were big moments in the game and it's just incredible. And, you know, it was an honor for me to get to cover him. He's obviously been on the podcast a couple of times. He's a guy who just personally, I have a, a tremendous amount of affection and, and respect for, and it was just very cool to get to see Sean Lemon do that. So uh, on Wednesday, I'm going to try to get away, figure out a way to talk about that more, but I, I just wouldn't feel right. Not, not talking about it because I want to celebrate that. And then I want to celebrate, honestly, we are, what, five days away here. Biggest game of the year is coming up. If you're a CFL fan, you're going to be watching on Friday night. 
Toronto versus Winnipeg in Winnipeg. Winnipeg's coming off a bye week, but the Argos are just cruising right now. Um, 12 and one lay a beating on, on the Hamilton tiger cats. Um, they just don't let up. And we have talked, you know, it probably took me four or five weeks given that they were the gray cup champions. I don't know why I, I ever had any doubts, but right now, if you were the Argos, you were going in and you were wanting to put the bombers in the mud. You were wanting to sort of leave them in the dust and leave no question as to who is the best regular season game. And I think you want to be going into the gray cup. If you assuming you get there, you still are going to have to win the East division final, but let's say it's you versus the bombers. You don't want there to be questions about what happened at the end of September. You don't want everyone saying, Oh, well, the Argos were the best team in the league, but in the biggest game of the year against the bombers, they fell short. It's just not, that's not the narrative you want with the great cup. You want the narrative to be, this is a, you know, well-oiled machine. So for me, I don't know. This is just a absolutely massive, massive game. And man, I'm somewhat responsible for this stuff. You know, I, I have a voice around this league and I probably haven't done as good a job hyping things up. You know, I, Sean Lemon included this game, this game, we can't, can't pull away from this has got to be, this has got to be, if you're in the marketing department, pump this up. I know there's three other games, but this is the big one. This is the one we've all been waiting for a great cup rematch. Let's see it. You're a writer. Talk about it. Got a podcast. Talk about it. So yeah. Anyways, I'm really excited. You know, there's some other games this weekend. Um, you know, riders lions is a tough game for the riders team that needs a win. Lions are flying. Alouettes, Red Blacks. Who knows, man? The Alouettes looked pretty good, uh, pretty okay. I don't know, pretty good against the Stamps, but the Red Blacks are also coming off that, that big win against the Riders. And then you got Stampeders at Hamilton. Could have been the Bo Levi Mitchell return game against Calgary, not in Calgary. We don't get that game this year, but obviously it doesn't look like we're going to get that. And yeah, um, all around. I don't know. It's late September. There's lots to play for. Every every game's big, but it's fun having having this game. So, anyways, we're gonna get Dean Busby, but before we do, I do just very quickly want to just shout out our, our our sponsor, Mugs Pub. Uh, we talk with them a lot, but uh, I know on Wednesday's podcast I went kind of deep into their happy hour, which is absolutely amazing. But um, you know, they also got these weekly specials, which are terrific. Monday, you got Monday Night Football. There's an open jam. You got uh, $6 off pint, $12 hot dog feature. Tuesdays, you got the wing night, $7 wings and rib bites, $24 buckets, tool shed. Can't beat it. Wednesday's trivia night, which is something that I did for many, many years. And you got a dollar off pint, $2 off burgers. Thursday night football on Thursday with $15 pizza and a pint, $3 pizza and a jug. Friday, there's different events every week, but fish and chips are on special. You got $24 jugs, $5 Jaeger. Saturday, $7 wings and rib bites, $6 Tulkins, $5 Jaeger. $14 steak sandwich. There's live music every Saturday night. And then, yeah, Sunday, lots of football. You got a $14 hangover breakfast also, half price pizza, 25% off happy, $6 happy drinks all day. I will say lots of NFL there too. Lots, you know, it's a great place to watch football, whether that's CFL, NFL. They got a great Buffalo Bills community. Um, so if you're a Bills fan, make sure you stop by there. Exciting team there this season. But yeah, anyways, thank you to Mugs Pub. We love them. Also, yeah, thank you to Fraser and Fig. We love them. And we love you, our listeners. Thank you for, for listening. Really appreciate it. Let's get to Ian Busby. This is going to be a pretty stamps-heavy talk. I think it has to be. Um, you know, right now, you know, stamps look like they're going to miss the playoffs, and it's kind of hard not to focus on that. 
apologize if you're from some other market, but I, I hope you'll enjoy the chat. We've already already done it. Um, it's a good talk. We do talk about other stuff, but it, the focus obviously had to be on that Stampeders loss and what it means. So yeah, let's get to Busby. Thanks again to you for listening. Guys, let's say you're having a party. Let's say you're having a picnic. Let's say you're having any occasion. We gotta talk to you about Fraser and Fig. I love these guys here in Martin Loop, a couple storefronts down from our studio here. Fraser and Fig, man, these guys do these delicious elevated cheese and charcuterie boxes. You know, they're made with all these fresh artisanal ingredients, on-demand grazing, pickup, delivery. You got it. Just let them know what you want. They will get it to you. Honestly, I'm such a big fan. I had a picnic a little while ago. I brought one of their curated boxes and it was a huge hit. I looked great. People loved it. We're hungry. They weren't hungry anymore. These ready-to-go boxes, they got them in four sizes. All their boxes come with meat, cheese, dried fruit, fresh fruit, nuts, olives, pickles, and carrots. Their selections vary from month to month. Choices are always new. You know, just because you've had one doesn't mean you've had them all. I love Fraser and Fig. I love having them as a sponsor. They're the best. Make sure you check them out. Tell them by from the 55 sent you. All right, Ian Busby, I got you here. It's Sunday morning. We're we're feeling frisk and brisk today, aren't we? I actually am. I got like yeah. I got um, 10 hours of sleep last All right, night. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's amazing what happens when you get a little sleep. Yeah, right? uh, I I feel pretty good right now. Um, But what I don't feel pretty good about <laughs> is... Is the Calgary Stampeders' chances of yes. so, continuing their season past uh, the end of the regular season? Yeah, so I, I obviously wrote about this. Um, You you have sent out a tweet. I, I kind of want to just hand over the, the platform to you a little bit to just offer well, where and... you're at, because I think that we know... Like, let's be clear that we, like, if this team has a chance of making the playoffs, which, like, I don't really think that they do. I mean, there's technically a chance. Yeah, so we can't dismiss that, but, like, there's just no real reason to believe it's going to happen. And I am not as sort of a reporter who, at this point, is, like, a third of the time covering the team just because I can't really make practices because of my Flames duties. I still have, like, an obligation to try to remain objective. I said what I sort of had to say in my piece, which we're going to get into. I'm not going to shy away from any of it. But, um... It's at this point, yesterday's game after the Riders lost on Friday, I thought, okay, this is it. Like you either show me that you guys have it or you don't. And let's be totally real. They didn't. They don't. And it's how many times are you going to get handed the baton without actually grabbing it and running with it? Because this was like you said, like the, the Riders losing gift gives you like a, that this whole thing was like, okay, it's yours. All you got to do is, I went and looked at that and was like, all they have to do is win their games and they're going to make the playoffs. That's and, all you had well, to do. And like, you don't even need to beat. They didn't like that BC game in Vancouver. I think I, I had shocked all season after I saw what happened in August. Yeah. I thought, okay, that's a, that's a loss. Um, but it, there's no sense that this team is putting anything together. And it's just been so, I've you know, covered the Stampeders for a long period of time. And it's been a long time, way back in the memories where it was just, they just don't put games together. They don't put plays together. They don't have the plays to win games. And then they make these crucial errors that you just were like, this is so uncharacteristic of the Calgary Stampeders. I'm thinking of the, the Reggie Bagleton fumble. It was like, well, Reggie's just having a great season. And, you know, he's a guy you rely on. And then they're like, okay, this is a crucial point of the game where, where they can get back in and they can score a touchdown on this drive. You think that's going to get things together. And then they... It's just ball comes out and that's, well, that's it. And it's like, okay. We always hear that these games come down to two or three plays. Yeah. And, and I that think was, that, well, that was obviously one of the big ones. Um, But then the other two are, I mean, their opening drive, they, I don't know if they were quote unquote in the red zone, but they had, you know, sort of, 
in a they they had moved downfield. Yes, looked pretty confident doing it. That their their plays were working, everything. And then there's that interception. Now, that's Sean Lemon interception, by the way, because I mean my intro, which I haven't recorded yet, is going to be <laughs> about Sean Lemon. Um, but what, what, I mean, a, what a really nice yeah. game for I mean, him to come back and. Well, I think yeah. I also will say that, that there was clearly an offside there. Um, oh. So it was like that should have been a free play um yeah. but either way it wasn't it, it's a sean lemon interception so that first drive where you're you're trying to establish momentum you're trying to to show well, that you know come out and put points on the board when up. you get the when you get the ball given to you you gotta put the points zero up points and, there yeah. so those are those are two key moments and then i think that the other like i think that the moment the interception where, in the end zone down on the after other Nick side Stats of the field, had yeah. made a great play intercepting cody fajardo on their first drive and then the stamps sort of march downfield and on third down they come away with no points. I mean, that's two, whether it's trips to the red zone or whether that is trips, um, you know, close to Montreal territory at the very least. And they, they come away with no points. Um, and I, I think those two and the Bagleton, but it is the thing that I, I mean, I find difficult and I have found difficult with the St. Peter's team is that there's just like, it's always mistakes yeah. and they're not always the same mistakes. No. Um, but, but there's always just these mistakes. And I think that when you're winning, good things tend to happen to you. And when you're losing, bad things tend to happen to you. Yeah. It's, um, it's the snowball effect, right? Yes. <laughs> it's like, okay, this, we're going to continue to do what we've been doing. And it just snowballs and keeps rolling downhill. And this thing's rolling downhill right now. Well, it and, feels that way. And, it, and I don't feel like there's any way that they're going to be able to stop this now. And we, we've got four games remaining. There are two games back of the Riders. And I, I sent out and I said, stick a fork in them. I think they're done. And somebody was like, well, they're not mathematically done. And the team that they're tracing is not any good anymore right now anyway. I'm like, but they have shown no signs that they're going to win any of the last four games. Like, I mean, there's, I, I, you the look lead at, of my story, tell me if you agree with this, but was at some point it stops mattering if there's still a path open for the Calgary St. Peter's to make the playoffs. There's no indication that they are a team that's capable of taking it. Yeah, advantage. and that's what I said is like stick a four game. It's not even so much that they, <clears throat> they can make the playoffs, but they don't look like a playoff team. They don't look like a contender. They're not somebody that's going to win two playoff games to get into the Grey Cup. They're, that's not going to happen. It's not. There's no sense of indication that this team is putting it together. And I'm like, I they've like, won one game since. I mean, the first week of August, they beat the Argos. Yeah. Um, who were Chad Kelly got hurt early in the second quarter. And, and that, at, that, at that point in time, it looked like okay, yeah, they can like they're going to get through this tough stretch with at least one win. And now. Yeah, and then yeah. you had to beat Edmonton twice. Like, that was always sort of an... I mean, I remember Ryan Ballantyne, who is the the king of optimism. Um, <laughs> but but he, I think he was like, look, if they're 2-9 and nine coming out of August, so be it. The Riders aren't going to aren't gonna run away with it. The Ticats aren't going to run away with it. And, and you still have a shot. And then the Stamps will, as they always do, turn it around. And the issue is that it doesn't feel like they've turned it around. And uh, I, I want to stay focused on the game, and we'll talk about the, sort of the peripheral issues in a second. But... The reality is it also felt like this week, like, oh, Trey Roberson had those tweets. And I was like, well, what's going on there? Yeah. Um, Markeith Ambles was cut. I will say that I, I mean, like I obviously have people in the club who I, who I can sort of ask questions to. I've never seen anyone so tight-lipped. It's uh, no, nope, we're not talking about what, what Markeith Ambles being released, uh, you know, was brought back, looked great. Clearly, um, you know, there was some unhappiness there. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to cast aspersions. I, I genuinely have no idea what happened. I, um, but you know, he, Marky Thambles is no longer there. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Shia Dukes, you're back in. And it's just those things where, um, unfortunately, it like I, I don't think that the Stampeders are an organization or a club in disarray. I don't believe that. No. Um, but I believe that 
I, I felt this with the Flames last year. Winning breeds something where people come to work and they're ready to ready to fight for each other and ready to die for each other. And then and for bad teams, it always feels like whenever teams are losing, it feels like, oh, well, there must be something fundamentally wrong. I don't know that there is or there isn't, but it does feel like without the wins, it, they're not, there's not a togetherness. Yeah. Um, and I, I was still, Dickinson is emphatic that this team still fights and still works hard. It's not an effort issue, but it's all those other things that you need to happen. And look, I, I mean, we've talked about it, but these, these little you know, these little screen passes to, to the side of the field that the Stampeders rely on, apparently, like they just don't seem to be working this no. year. Um, and and I, there's like, there's not one thing that you can put your finger on with this, with this four and 10 season, which is going to be their first losing season since 2007. So they're going to be under 500 for the first time since 2007. Like that's a long period of time, but you can't point to one little thing and say, this is the reason like, okay, there's been lots of injuries, but you've overcome injuries in the past. You, you know, you've had a young quarterback play that that is sometimes mistake, mistake heavy. Well, that's not all of it either. And then you're like, okay, defensively, they're still a strong team. What's, what's the problem there? Uh, it's it's just like, it's, it's just all has come together and none of it has been super positive. So it hasn't, turn the tide which it usually does with this organization right yeah and even like yesterday what the final score was 28 11 yeah it didn't really feel like a a 28 11 game until the end yeah and i just felt like it was like okay well they got to put some points on the board right it's like oh they got too too many times they got close and then didn't put points on the board and like okay you can't just keep missing your opportunities missing your opportunities you're only going to get so many opportunities and i think they were opportunities now have just kind of run out I, but that's the thing it's just too late to really they've I run mean, out of time on this season so, that's what i think that's what happened yeah the, i mean the, really like you have the, the, the optimist always says right it was like we didn't lose we just ran out of time it's like okay well eventually you're gonna figure it out they they aren't figuring it out but i feel comfortable talking about this because dickinson's talking about this and like like dickinson's was asked oh do you still believe he's like i can't even think about the playoffs man i just want to get one win <laughs> and and like that's the thing is that and 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 this is so basic and so you know like captain obvious over here but like you know a season is an accumulation of one wins or one losses right no. and right now like they've just had they just can't get the win and you're saying you're right i can't pinpoint what the the real issue is like i i you can't just say let's fix this problem and it, it's going to resolve itself, yeah, right? Well, okay, like, stop when turning you go, the ball when, over. Well, yeah, every team, like every, every team, turns you, that's it. just basic football, right? You can't turn the ball over. You can't, you know, you you can't just give the opposition the ball over, over and over and expect to win. Well, and but it, it so it's just obvious. But it's like you, when, you, when you look at going into next year, what are you going to say? It was like, what, what do they need to fix in the off season? It's like, I, and like just play better, like just. I've said this and I, you know, I felt at the time, okay, there was, when free agency hit last year, there were, there was a lot of concern among Stamps fans. Um, I was sort of covering it peripherally because I was very much in, in Flamesland at that point. Um, but I watched it and I liked them bringing in James Fodders. I liked all of, like, uh, there were moves. I thought Julian Hauser, sure, sure. He was an East all-star. Like there's, there, there's, they brought in good pieces. Um, the, one, the moment, and I, this is not the first time I'm saying this, but losing Jameer Thurman felt to me like 
And I, I, I'm sure it's a money thing. I don't think they wanted to lose Jameer Thurman. No. I'm not implying that, you know, and look, there are, there's eight other teams in this league, right? Like that's yeah. the reality. But for me, it felt last year like Jameer and it normally would have been Bo who would come out and like sort of know the history of the team and know the, know the culture of the organization. And Bo was responsible for sort of feeling like he was carrying that forward. Same with Derek, you know, there were other, there were other players, but last year it really felt like Jameer Thurman. But the last press conference that we had with Bo before the final home game of the season, um, you know, the big question was, is Bo going to get in? Are, are Stamps fans going to have a chance to applaud and say thank you to Bo? Right. And Bo was adamant that he, you know, for the good of the team, he didn't care. And then Jameer came out and talked about, for the guys who went into the trenches, you're my QB1. He understood the moment and the significance and the history and the culture of this organization and of football in Calgary and how Bo related to it. Now that may sound like a silly media thing, but I think that that stuff matters. I think that's leadership. And I think that when they lost Jameer, I had a really big, like it, it, it was the one that just struck it, it me. Felt as, like a, it felt like a, like a, you're taking one of your vital organs away. Right. Yeah. It's just like, okay, Oh, that's that we're going to need that. Yeah. And now, now they don't have it. And that's Ooh. representative of something bigger though, which is that like Derek, when Derek Dennis was on this podcast, probably about three weeks ago, he said, Oh, you would have thought we would have learned from 2021. Right. That you need veterans. And, for all the talk of like, and it was always the thing with Huffnagel as GM was like, we let you go a year earlier than you expected, right? Well, like he he yeah. moved on. He got he kept getting younger guys in, but that was when you have a bunch of veterans and you're filling in losing one veteran. This year, it sort of felt like they came in and they were a little unmoored. And then Kadeem Carey was supposed to sort of be one of the big leaders. He missed most of the season. We saw how great he is yes. yesterday. Um, I will say I would put that ball in Reggie Bagleton's hands. Like this is why I'm saying it's hard to pinpoint what is wrong because Reggie with that fumble, I'm giving that ball to Reggie a hundred times out of a hundred percent. That's yeah, what like, I mean. It was a, it's completely out of out of character. So is, and is just that on surprising. the coach that your that your best player made a mistake? Mistakes no, happen. And, and that but the thing is, the mistakes have just compounded to the point where it causes them not to be able to strike at the end and and win a football game. Yeah, and. I, it's just, there was, there's just something like, I think you just, maybe we just pinpointed it. Like there was just something missing this year of this team, whether there was like, an, I wouldn't say a leadership. I don't know. Like we're not in the locker room. So it's hard to yeah, say. We don't want to say like, leadership because that, that like, look, I think Mike Rose and Derek Wiggins and, yeah, okay. and Cam Judge, I think those guys are all leaders. And I think there are other guys who stepped up, but like it's it just. Ready to pop the question. The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. 
For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It feels like that, that, that thing where it's like, sometimes you don't have to have momentum and you don't have confidence. You have to manufacture it. Yes. It has to come from somewhere. And I think that that's really hard for every losing team in every sport. But I think sometimes it is like, it is those one or two players who can do it. who can come up with the big play that changes momentum just a little bit. It makes you believe. And I'm not saying that that's not there, but it feels like it's not there to me as someone yeah. who is not in the locker room, isn't even on the sideline. It's just up in the press box watching and we keep talking about like, oh, well, we can't pinpoint the one thing. Well, it's like, we also, like, it's not just that the negative things seem to happen, that the mistakes in bad moments. It's also that sometimes just the big plays are, are, are missing. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, I've been asked several times, is, is the GM head coach job just too much for Dickinson at the same time? And I just don't believe that it is. Um, I, I don't think so either. But what do you go into this offseason and think about fixing what what is your, what, what would your focus be? i i think that they're a tackle short okay. um i think that that uh the offensive line um i actually like the interior but i and this is not me knocking they're, they're putting young guys in these guys take time to develop same way that i preach patience with quarterbacks i i will say that i think that their offensive line just like it needs time right. but um you know i i, I don't know that there is an offensive lineman out there, but you know, right. if, they were, if they were, if, if, if for, it was available, they would go get that. Right. Well, for all the jokes that I make at times, just to sort of troll Winnipeg about, you know, all the bombers sticking with these older guys. It's like, but I, you know what you're getting. I'd right? stick with Stanley Bryant. <laughs> I, don't <laughs> yes. care. I don't care if he's 50 years old. I know what he could do. Well, and, um, this he, is why he's still playing yeah. after like, a slight regression from he, Stanley Bryant. Still makes him one of the. He was on. He was on yeah. the 2014 Grey Cup winning team with Calgary, and he's still playing. And exactly. He's still a key member. And we, yeah, he was like, yeah, has he stepped off a little bit? Yes, he's not what the player he used to be, but you, you still like that consistency. And then that, there's that intangible, like, okay, a reliable guy makes everybody around him feel like we can trust it. Yeah. And, and that's maybe there's just a lack of like trust and belief that they're going to go out there and make these plays to win these games. And there's just that thing is missing right now. I, I'm like, I don't. Well, it's hard. And, it's like, well, I'm I, want- like, I don't know what they were going to just like magically wave a wand over the off season and go, okay, we need to fix this and this and this, and then we're going to be good. Well, and you, you're obviously not just running it back and that's not what I'm going to suggest. But I mean, I look at yesterday's game and I'm like, okay, well, did they, I don't think they got a single sack against a team that allowed the most sacks in the league. Well, James Waters would have made that a lot better. Yes. Um, I honestly, I mean, like, man, I love Sean Lambert. <laughs> like it's just like <laughs> I, I tweeted this and it's got more interaction than anything I've tweeted football related in literally months. But like, how was that guy on side? He has seven sacks. He started playing in week eight. Like he's <laughs> like he's gonna get to a hundred next week. He he's just incredible. And it's just that type of player. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, and I, I I saw a lot of like both him and uh Derek Sankey out there, former Darnell. Peters. Darnell. Darnell, sorry. Yeah. Derek, who was anyway. Um them, them two together, they looked, they looked like they were having so much fun. There was just a lot of joy you could see from Sean Lemon. He just was like, 
he's still playing and having a great time out there. Man and loves could, football. And you could tell he was just like, oh man, he's like, he's out there. He's just laughing, joking, having a great time. You know, his former team. I mean, every team is his former team technically almost. Other than Hamilton. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, and then it's like, okay, so he gets the sack in the last minute. And I was like, all right, perfect. He got two. He's now at 99. I'm like, oh, just, I tweeted. I was like, I want the Saps to get the ball back. Just, just, to, just to give him a chance. I yeah. was like, I knew you were going to be all over that. I was like, oh, yeah. Like, you're going to love it because he's just racking up the numbers. And, you know, interception early in the game, that was a significant, like, we talked yeah. about it earlier. I was like, yeah, and his, his sacks felt like big, meaningful moments as well. And I, it's so, like, I just look at the stat line and I'm like, okay, if you told me they were going to limit Cody Fajardo to 252 yards passing with one touchdown, one interception. And then Standback, who I this is this should speak to the respect that I have for Standback. I mean, he got 81 yards, so he didn't get nothing. But like, that's not oh, William Standback ran for 150 on you or anything. No, I'm like okay, well, those defensive numbers are are pretty good. Yeah, like for the stamps, you're you're okay with that. Look, we wanted more pressure. You know, you would have all of that. But like, that's not bad. And yet they gave up 28 points, and it's it's just honestly, it's the 11. So what would I be doing? I do think the offensive line is is an issue. I think. I mean, you're counting on Jake getting better, and then... And then you're counting on the guys that missed the majority of this year to come back and be healthy and uh, I mean, and, and be in, in action next year, right? That's the thing. You're, you're like, next year, if it's a Malik Henry, Reggie Bagleton, Mark, and Michelle, three, those are your three And Americans. Phil Potts well, is your number one Canadian, and then you're... And so then he's you're your fourth. Mark Barnes is back. Yeah. And then... Well, you're not hoping. Mark Barnes will be back. So, yeah. I, I, and then you need these guys off the IR... Um, and I don't know. Okay, I'm not. I'm not a smart enough football mind, like um, well, to, to tell the- you. Like I, I just think that uh, again. I use this bombers comparison. Like, it's a like, veterans matter, and you know you need. I, I don't. I, I see there. I'm at practice, or I've been at practice for most of the season. There's not. This is not a group that dislikes each other. This is not a group that um, is like getting into fights or not like they're they're coming to work every day and the 17 people on the sixth game is is hard to ignore um but the reality is look i think the elks are going to be better next year um they're on the upward they're on their upward trajectory and had they started trey ford earlier in the year they would be in a playoff position right now probably yeah i have they're 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 a team that is like okay well they now have figured a lot of things out there and they're they ran out of time because they missed. They went zero and nine to start the year. Like that's just yeah. you're, you're putting yourself too far behind. It's it's funny how I was thinking this on the way in because I knew we were going to, like you know I, I try to keep the CFL and we will talk about sort of the rest of the games and everything. But like it's hard for me to not like look at it and be like it's funny how four and eleven for the Elks feels one way and four and ten for the Stamps <laughs> feels something completely different. Yeah, exactly. But the reality is like the Elks are showing growth and showing. Yeah, they've won four of their last and, six games and they've they've given uh, teams like. BC a real tough time they did the other, exactly. the other night right so and I just I mean I obviously hope that if Trey Ford has an NFL opportunity he goes and then selfishly I'm like I want him in the league <laughs> like <laughs> um but yeah I mean I look I don't think I think BC is going to continue getting better I don't think they're going anywhere next year I mean we, we don't know with free agency but you just kind of right. have that that feeling um and the Bombers even if they keep the same piece together and they're a year older are still going to be competing and like the Riders have have taking a step this year it hasn't been great if trevor harris was in there i think they'd have a couple more wins um and so if you look at it you're like okay well the stamps 
if you you can't just rely on incremental improvement from young players next right. year. Um, they've got to they've got to do something is what you're basically yeah. saying. But what do we what do they do? We don't know. No, and I mean I saw Julian Charles leave the game um, at least for a while last year. I don't know if, if he came back. Um, like their DB situation is brutal, and I I like what do you do when you have all these guys on the sixth game? I don't know, and that's really hard. Um, like I don't know. I do I see. I definitely think that keeping Jonathan Moxie back would be a priority. Uh, I think Brandon Dozier has had a good year in, a, in challenging circumstances. Um, I don't know if Trey Robertson's back. They pay him a lot. Um, you know, there was obviously something that happened this and he week. Seems unhappy. So. I, yeah, and I mean, I I didn't get that impression until the, these tweets. And and I should note that Trey has said that those tweets were not football related. Um, but look, this it's a it's football's a puzzle. And the puzzle didn't come together this year. And I think that um, you and I don't, we have a different emotional investment in this. So I, I mean, everything I see is fans just fed up. I don't really have that. I, I'm sort of looking at it as. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm, I'm just kind of flabbergasted that uh, they, I keep thinking that they're going to turn it around and put it together. And then they don't. And I'm like, you know, I put my money where my mouth is and I bet on them to win. And then like, what? They're not winning. I don't understand. I was like, I've lost a lot of money on them in the last, but that's not to complain about that. It's just because I still have believed and now I've lost belief. I mean, I've lost belief that they, they're going to make the playoffs. I, I, I truthfully have not fully lost belief in, in sort of the process. Um, and I am, I, I try to have a bit of a longer memory than some. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. I've seen this team make the playoff with this basic coaching staff yeah. for years. And like, I also like do have faith in them bouncing back. Um, but not this year. I, yeah. I think that unfortunately it just feels this year, you know, and it's always, it's interesting sort of being so close to it because I, you know, last year was Saskatchewan when it was like, Oh, the wheels have come off there. This is nowhere near that. I'm not trying to imply that it's anywhere near as bad as it was with the riders no. last year, but, well, like but, but, then, see... but then you knew what it was. It was like, Oh, they can't protect their quarterback. Like that was the thing with the riders last year. And then, so there's not one. There thing. was also just like drama that starts coming out. Right. Like, um, yeah. And, and, and it's that thing where you're like, Oh, they they need it to be next season, and, and that's just a little bit how I feel with with the stamps. Um, how weird is it going to be to actually have games where the Stampeders are eliminated from the playoffs and still playing games? That hasn't happened since two thousand four. Like it's just it may come down to the last week of the season for that <laughs> though, because I'm not look. Let's let's go. Let's do some rapid fire here a little bit, but I okay. did watch the Riders lose to the Red Bucks. Um, uh, yeah, I <laughs> so, did too. <laughs> um, I can't like sit here and be like, oh, what's going to happen? No, right as, as much was, as we're going uh, like, oh, this uh, is not yeah. like, there's a lot of angst there too, because they're okay. How are they not putting things together? They should be building towards the playoff. And they've got yeah. a, they've got a young quarterback. And the, the, yeah. I don't know how young, but they've got a, an inexperienced CFL quarterback. So there's a, a level where it's, um, probably inevitable that they're going to be ups and downs i mean i, I just think they're going to make the playoffs by default because i don't think the teams coming up behind them are going to no. win enough games so um but this is again like what's you know i follow a couple of red blocks fans more than anything on on twitter and they were at the point with this red blocks team over the last couple of weeks where they're just like i don't care that they're close yeah. like i don't care that the games are close like you win or you lose and this team is losing and i'm fed up and it's been so many years of losing but I always felt with the Red Blocks, I was like, yep, yeah, they are close. And they're <laughs> close with, with 
Crum, like as your yes. quarterback, who I'm not saying I don't mean that. In, I think Crum's bad, but I no, I do but mean he that. started the year fourth on the depth chart. Exactly. That's and uh, like I think there's enough there that they can move forward and look at Dustin Crum now and being like, okay, that might be a guy we're going to invest our resources in and keep moving forward. And it, there's I sort of a, think you have to. Well, I mean, what other quarterback? Like, there's nobody. Is the uh, argument that it's Drew Brown? Like, yeah. who is he? No, the I big mean, just, yeah, like just keep keep going on their trajectory that the, the seeing that crowd finally get rewarded was nice yes. because they have been a really strong fan base for a lot of like ever since they came back into the league and you you like the the whole atmosphere around that ottawa situation and like it was just nice to see them win a game and feel good about themselves and you know they're not in any danger of like getting into the playoff contention i mean they're right? similar to the st peters and the fact that like they're two games back of Hamilton, um, but yeah, they got four games left in the schedule. Like, right? It's just there's not enough. You need Hamilton to win all to lose all of their games. Yeah, and then you need to basically and then make sure that the West team doesn't get like yeah. one of the West teams could come in and bite you as well because I mean, that's still in play even though it seems so well, high, highly awesome. unlikely right now. <laughs> the Red Black schedule is back to back against the Alouettes, and despite what I saw. This weekend, I don't think the Alouettes are a world beater. I'm not, I, you know, I would, I'm not picking the Red Blacks to win, but like, would it shock me after they beat the Riders if they beat the Alouettes? No. But then you're just praying that you're, you're back to back against Toronto. Toronto just decides to rest everybody. And I will say, as I was walking through, well, uh, I, I, walking <laughs> I watched through, this, I watched the, that game as well. Well, and... I, so let me get to that because I just want to like preface it as I was walking at McMahon Stadium, a, a person who doesn't like, who's not like a stamped Peters like coach or anything. But, you know, someone at McMahon Stadium was like, man, I can't believe the Argos are already resting guys because Ouellette wasn't playing. Um, and he's like, they're going to screw us. And then they just go out and just like, ah, just casually just lay a beating on the Ticats. <laughs> like, that was 29-14, but that felt like it was dead. Well, because they came out and they were just got 20 points so quickly and easily that they were just like, okay, we're, we're going to cruise to victory. Yeah. And it felt that's what they've done for the last month and a half here where they just get a bunch of points early and they hold on and run the ball and they just execute well. And there's not really any issues there. They're just Chad Kelly only threw for 242 yards. If anyone holds Chad Kelly's like yards Numbers? total yeah. against him at the end of the season, uh, they, they, they can go, they can go screw themselves. Cause that's the, that's the stupidest thing you could look yeah, at. Exactly. Yeah. He, he did not need to throw for more yards to beat the Tigats. So no. they, they, Rolled into let, let's eat the clock and, and win the game. Yeah. Um, They're the best ball possession team in the league right now. And they can run the ball like crazy, even without their top running back this week. So it's just continues to be okay. It's the, our, everybody's waiting to, okay, are the Argos <laughs> where, who's going to beat them? That's the, the I will say that I watched this game. Um, I was just like, I mean, I was writing to be clear. Like you, you just working like, and watching. I mean, I, yeah. yeah. I was at, at, McMahon finishing up my story with with it on ahead of me so it's not like I watched every single play in great detail but I watched enough um and I was just like wait how did the Tigers beat the Bombers <laughs> how did they beat the Lions yeah like they, they went into BC and beat them too and and I just ultimately think that Toronto is so good that like they yeah. make they make other teams look bad and that's great but like it just it was just very weird because I still like have the Argos are, are well ahead as my number one but the Bombers are, despite the Lions being right on their tails, they might be tied in the standings right now. They are tied for um, first right now. I so. still sort of have the Bombers as my as my team I wouldn't want to play in the playoffs. If you were like, you get to pick between the Lions and Bombers, this is no knock on the Lions, but I'm going to pick the team that's 
been to three straight great cups yeah one two of them like i still have the bombers in that number two scared of them in the playoffs one game single but then like like maybe i'm an idiot because (laughs) 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 i say this about myself all the time there's no question about it i'm an idiot but next week's game i think is going to be the telling one where bombers are coming off a bye they're going to be facing Toronto at home. It is. And that is the September 29th. It's the first game of the week, 6 yeah. p.m. Manor. So that's 8 p.m. in the East. Um, I mean, I don't know why I'm going through time zones right now. Uh, but what, what, Set your alarm now <laughs> yeah. as you're listening to this on a Monday morning exactly. to make sure that Friday night you know exactly where you are. Yeah, time zone talk with Danny. But it's luck. It's this is the one because this game is is bigger, in my opinion, than just. Well, I mean, the Bombers need to win. Yeah. Uh, and and then, win. then they've got BC in Vancouver the week after. So, yeah, the, this this is the the juice of the... The two biggest games of the season are Argos of Bombers, September 29th. I wrote this down on a pad of paper. Um, Look at you, preparation. I know. I don't um, have any pad or paper or no, anything. Don't worry. We can, we can get you a pad <laughs> of paper. But then, and then there's Bombers at Lions October 6th. It's, it's back-to-back weeks. Um, and I think we are... There's a lot that we do know. We sort of know who is... I'm not saying there's no playoff races because I learned that lesson. Um, but <laughs> like, but there are playoff races, and like you know, the one for third in the uh, the West is a turtle derby. But the first place race is is on, and BC taking care of business in in Edmonton felt like Edmonton gave them a lot to like they challenged them a lot in that game, so right. they came out with the victory. And and I, so again, it's like okay, it sets it up for the last and. One game to go to the Grey Cup, it's not, it's a significant thing. You know, you don't have to prep that week. You don't have to put your body through the the West semifinal. Mm-hmm. You just have one game to get there. The The numbers show that that team that hosts that game is more often. And both of these to, games are like those to the Grey Cup. I mean, to be honest, this game probably isn't in the standings big for the Bombers or the Argos. Like who, who cares if you're the Argos, if you lose this yeah. one, it doesn't matter in the standings, but no. I think it matters in terms of, you won the Grey Cup. Everyone still thought that the Bombers were the best team in the league. Yeah. You come into the season, everyone has all these questions about Chad Kelly, all of this. If you beat the Bombers, it's just like you're, I don't, know, I, don't I hate when people, you're you sending are, a message. You were the whatever. team. Like yeah. it's, if the Bombers beat you, there's, and I don't think it's seated out in the Argos locker room, but people are always talking until you beat them again, until you play them in the Grey Cup. The conversation is going to be, right. oh, the, um did the light just go off yeah yeah that's okay um the conversation is going to be well the argos and bombers are one and two and like the, well the bombers did beat them we learned that so if you're the argos you send a message it, it firmly establishes you as the most terrifying team in the cfl they already should be there but a bombers win gives a lot of confidence we talked about how confidence builds confidence right yes um and then if you're the bombers and you are going into bc and we saw like BC came in when they played early in the season. BC came into that game, wanted to send a message, did. Bombers, got, got the message sent yeah. right back to them the next got time the, they were there. Exactly. Yes. So you, we know that both teams are eyeing each other up. And, yeah. and look, as you said, well, the like playing the West final at home, if you are the Bombers, it, it's the rest, it's all of that. If, imagine if you're the Lions, it means not having to go to the Prairies in the middle of November and play yeah. what is likely going to be a game. Does in- anybody want to go to Winnipeg on, no. in the middle of it's not early just November? The rest. It's not having to play in, in the prairies. Like it's, yeah. um, so 
those two games, I mean, we've been waiting for them. And it, it's just, it's crazy for me because I always had this week. So I was like, all right, this is someone who, you know, is, is, is close with the Stampeders. This is the game that they're going to get to play Bo. That's obviously not happening. Yeah. Um, and then it's just the other games, like, like the Riders BC. If you're the Riders, you want to stop the bleeding. I just really it's don't not think a, that not, they're a, not a good time there. to do it against, <laughs> yeah. against a, a BC team that's motivated to continue putting the pressure on that first place. Yeah, they're, they have that prize in, in mind. So it's not going to be easy on the Riders. It's, this is a good, fun week of uh, yeah. games. And it's, yeah. Well, I went through like just and Hamilton, you know, on paper, Hamilton versus Calgary with their records, it doesn't look that great. And without Bo being in that game, it's just like, okay, it's not the juice that you were expecting. And Hamilton didn't make a visit to Calgary this year, which was I just know. just turned out to be that should have been week two. Yeah. Um it would have been easier to drum up storylines from from that, obviously. It's one of those ones where we're all like critical of CFL while also forgetting that the schedule was released way before, before, before he signed. Before like, he signed, so yeah. <laughs> it's actually not that so, big um, But when I, like, many years, you you made, you, you played each team twice, no matter what, whether they were in your division or not. Then you had bonus games against every, like, guy, teams in your division. It just doesn't seem that it should be that difficult to figure that out. You don't need to play three against one and one against the others. Like, it's, it shouldn't happen that way. It's a nine-team league, man. It's no I know. It's, the schedule seems fairly simple, <laughs> but what do I know? What do, what do I know either? It would have been – I mean, it would just would have been a, a magical day to have sort of Bo come back. And, again, like, I'm just uh, – anyone who knows me, I don't actually have a particularly close personal relationship with Bo in any, in any way, but um, I've got a lot of respect for what he did in Calgary and for the organization, and I do believe he's the only quarterback who won two Grey Cups as a Stampeder. So, yeah. you know, he, he goes down as – if you don't think he's the greatest, he's – he's neck and neck with those guys. And it would have been cool to have stamps fans again, get the opportunity to say thank you and, and him to acknowledge them. But who knows, maybe that happens next year. I have no idea what Bo's future holds. Well, there was like a little bit of a shot of him working out in that game uh, yesterday. And I was like, okay, well maybe he's, he's throwing the ball and he's getting there. Who knows? Right. And he, yeah. his, his leg was on completely taped up. I was like, okay, he's, it, it, at some point in time, it's like, oh, okay, he's not going to be able to get tape himself up and get back out there. But this is one of those situations where I should know better than to like say anything. But like, I just, there's no way he's playing this weekend. No way. Well, um, you never know. But no, and I, I'm just, I, it is one of the more intriguing stories of, of the final month for me on a personnel level. Um, is just whether like Bo gets back in. Like, I'm curious if the stamps. I think for as long as they're mathematically sort of still in it and you have that game with the riders, but like, are we going to start seeing more Tommy Stevens? Not because I think he's better than Jake or anything, but just because do you want to get an idea of what you have yeah. in some of these young quarterbacks? And they've got two other guys. Um, again, I, and it's, I just but it's tough when you, when you're developing a young quarterback, you want to give him as many reps as possible, right? You still want to develop Jake. So I, yeah, we're not at that level yet, but man, oh man, it's, it's and it's just so weird to it's just so foreign as someone who's been in Calgary in covering football for so long to think about games not mattering at the end of the year because well it's bizarre and I mean I'm willing to go on <laughs> I can tell you that this October 13th Saskatchewan Calgary game um I imagine that when the schedule was released the yeah. business people of Calgary were like yeah, all right well that's, that's going to be, be a good one a big game we're going to have all the riders fans it's going to be huge and I I just wonder if people are showing up for it at this point uh but I still I mean look 
it's not it's not officially over and who knows like if the stamps beat hamilton and and then like and riders lose so there's still a game back with three left i'm like okay still and they have a head-to-head and if they win the head-to-head yeah then, then they, then have, they have, like, have the, then they have the tie break and <laughs> the then path it's is like, right there like it's <laughs> like every time that i'm like ruling them out it's still and i've just said so many times this is a must win if you lose this you're done and then something happens and it's not no. true anymore. Um, I do quickly before you go, I just want to like add because I think I'll be accused of like, I didn't like the Mike Highway hit either. Uh, the head to head. And like, there's obviously, uh, I was, gonna, I actually was, there's obviously going to be, a I was actually there. thinking we, yeah, it would be just irresponsible for me to like talk this long about that game and not bring up. Like, I, I he's I, and now he's been fined several times for high this hits. This will be his fourth, I'm sure. It's just, it's, it's like at some point you can't deny. That you're I'm like you play hard, you play on the edge, so you but you can't go over it that many times that without, without it being an issue. And yeah. it's it's being unfortunate because otherwise he's had a good season, but he's just is taking those liberties and it's disappointing. I think that's the best way to say it. It's it's been disappointing watching and every week it seems like okay, he's done something. You're like, don't don't do that. Like, don't yeah. do that. And it's sometimes it's just got to stop i don't know that it's every I know it's, week it's tough as a defensive player because you got to yeah. play with that hard edge but you can't go over the line and he's gone over the line a few times exactly i don't know that it's every week um but it's it's there uh and and that i really didn't like that hit um and it's obviously not going to be any sort of yeah. surprise um i mean he's been fined so much that at this point in time you might go maybe they suspend it but it's one of these times if, he, if it continues like this because the message isn't being sent with the fines yeah and I mean, that's exactly like head to head. Um, we're trying to get the, we've been trying to get those hits out of the game for yeah. a long time. Um, and I know that football happens fast and you are reacting and, and yeah. whatever, but uh, I, there's just, I, there were enough people on Twitter who were right, right, rightfully outraged about it. And I just, I don't think that I can do a, a podcast talking about the Stampeders, even if they're the team that I cover. And I have a lot of time for Micah as a dude, but um, it would be irresponsible for me not to bring that up. Yep. Um, I think we got to get you out of here. Um, we got to do some work so, today. Yeah. Uh, I will be covering a Flames game tonight. Um, oh, is that? Uh, okay. First I'm, I'm so, I'm just so full of hot football that I, I have no capacity for hockey right Same, now. I mean, trust me, I, <laughs> it's where I'm normally out of this time of the year. I will say that, um, Man, I have a buddy who lives in in Portland, and his right. his wife. And man, I I thought I might have the chance to go down and and see that Colorado Oregon game yesterday. Obviously, I couldn't because I literally like covered Flames in the morning and stands in the afternoon. I was never going, but <laughs> well, um, it would have been nice. Then yeah. I wa- I watched that game, and I was just like, ah, maybe I didn't have to be there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a great time to be a football fan. Ian, thank you so much, man. I'm sure um, we'll have thanks you back for having me again. And uh, yeah, appreciate you. Thanks, bud. Guys, what are you doing tonight? I don't know what you're doing tonight. You're probably looking for something. Guys, you got to go check out Mike's Pub. This is probably my favorite pub in the city, 1330 15th Avenue Southwest, right in the Beltline. Honestly, they do it all. I, for years, played trivia on Wednesday nights at Mugs. It's the best trivia night in the city. Other nights, they got music. They got specials every single night. Some of the best food and drink specials in the entire city are at Mugs Pub. You want wine. You want beer. You want cocktails. They got it all. Big fan of their fish and chips. They got some amazing pizza. You want to watch the game? They got TV screens. You want to just have a drink with friends? Perfect spot to do it. You want to have some food? As I said, it's delicious. Mugs Pub. We love having them as a sponsor. We love having them just down the road from us here at our studios. Check out Mugs Pub. They're the best. All right. That is that. Thank you to Ian Busby for stopping by. Always appreciate his insights. He's on most Sundays here. Um, you know, And then he goes directly to 
his job. So, you know, coming in on a Sunday morning, doing this with us. Awesome. We appreciate it. He's got, you know, he's got this historical perspective that I sometimes don't have. So yeah. Thank you to Ian for that. Uh, thank you to you, our listeners. Thank you to Muggs pub. Thank you to Fraser and Fig. We're filled with gratitude here. The live from the 55 podcast, but yeah, guys, as I said, you know, we've, we've talked about a lot, covered a lot this episode, but just, uh, you know, looking forward, Argos Bombers, game of the season, just massive. You know, these two teams are going to want to gonna want to send a message. I can't wait for that game. Riders-Lions, like, Riders need a win. Lions need a win. We're at that time of the season, man. You're, you're fighting for, for what you're fighting for for the Lions. That's first in the West for the Riders. That's, you know, a win here. <laughs> Huge. I don't think it's going to happen, but it would certainly – Send a, a message to the rest of the league that you guys are for real and that you're you're heating up at the right time. And, and to be honest, would probably bury any remaining hopes for the Stamps and and Elks. Yeah, beyond that, you got Alouettes at Red Blocks. It's a fun game. You know, it's more fun because the Red Blocks won. Both these teams are coming off wins. Um, you know, no one's catching the Argos or anything like that. I don't even think the Red Blocks have a real shot of making the playoffs, but they're both coming off a win. Should be fun. And then Stamps, Ticats. We've talked enough about the stamps today, so uh, I'm not going to go into it. But guys, thank you so much. Again, thank you to Muggs. Thank you to Fraser and Fig. You, our listeners, our viewers on YouTube, we appreciate you. Please like, subscribe, share with your friends. If you if you like CFL content, you know, that's what we're here for, trying to provide that. So thank you so much for, for listening and watching, and we will talk to you guys Thursday morning. Thanks. Cheers. Hey guys, thanks for watching. Be sure to check out more of our content right here on the Flames Nation YouTube page. We had a bunch of great long form interviews. You can check out some videos we've done as well outside of the studio. And of course, if you want more writing or merchandise stuff, flamesnation.ca or nationgear.ca. Appreciate you watching. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.